everybody, and welcome uh, to another conversation, this time with Emerson Souza. Emerson is uh, the host of Here's Some Evil, uh, wherever you find things to listen to, I suppose. Is that right, Emerson? That's correct. Yeah, Spotify, Apple, uh, and Google. Yeah. Do you have like a specific uh, URL you tell people, or no? No. Uh, it, it's really easy to find it on on all the all the streaming platforms. All the regular places. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, um, I talked to Emerson. Uh, what was it, a week ago? Two weeks ago? <clears throat> yeah, about a week and a half ago. Week and a, okay. Oh, you go right in the middle. I say a week or two. You say a week and a half. We're all good. Uh, and uh, we had a nice conversation, but I wanted to learn more about why. So why do you call it Here's Some Evil? The yeah, that's a, show. yeah, that's a really good question. I um, There's a there's a massive misconception that it's about. Um, I, had, I, I even had somebody ask me if it was some sort of um, rela- relation to Satanism, which has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> anything well, like that. Well, you know, the, the evil part, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I really don't blame people for, for uh, having the, um, the the variability in interpretation. Um, but uh, so so originally, um, it's going to start off silly, but it'll, it'll make sense uh, at the end. Um, I, um, I, I was, uh, I was moving into a new apartment and I was looking for um, just some household things to buy for my, for my place. And, uh, and so one thing that I've always kind of had a I w- somewhat of an affinity for is skulls, um, uh, skulls and skeletons. And yeah, there's um, one behind your head there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, that's like, other my, than your own. Yeah. There's yeah, the that's, one. that's a, it's my podcast logo behind. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I was guessing with the whole covering the mouth thing. So, right. Right. So I, um, so I was looking for, you know, like I said, things to, to decorate my place with. And uh, and I came across this uh, kitchen mat and um, and on the bottom on the or not on the bottom uh, across the middle. It had um, three skeletons uh, sitting uh, similarly to the uh, here's some evil or sorry. Yeah, here's some. E- no, sorry. Um, hear no evil. Speak no evil. Uh, uh, you know, evil. The, the, the classic uh, image like the of the monkeys. Movie. Yeah. yeah. Usually the um, monkeys with holding their face, holding their eyes or ears or mouth. Yeah, exactly. So the middle one, it had, uh, uh, uh so it was the speak no evil, uh, on the left, the, uh, see no evil on the right. And on the middle, it said hear some evil with the skeleton, um, mm-hmm. holding up like the rocker sign. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. The Il Cornudo, right? I think that's what yeah. it's called. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, I just I, I thought it was really cool, and um, um, just because um, um, of my background. So I grew up in a, a very uh, religious household. Um, I was I was very much the black sheep of my family. Um, my entire family is they're they're Christian Baptists for the most part, and um, and at a very very young age, I just. Uh, um, I didn't quite agree with the ideology. I didn't quite agree uh, with a lot of things that my my family was uh, um, with with their with their affiliation of religion in the church. And mm-hmm. uh, and at, and back then, I uh, um, I was a big time skateboarder. I loved punk music. Um, and uh, um, as I started becoming more of my own person, uh, I uh, I became a little bit more curious as far as 
uh, uh, things outside of my family's religion and, and the things that they're that they're interested in. And um, and when I would have try to have conversations with them, especially my grandmother, um, um, I uh, uh, I always found it a hard time uh, getting to an actual conversation. It, it would be mostly an argument uh, followed by a quick dismissal of, of the things that I wanted to talk about. And um, and it wasn't like I said, it wasn't for arg uh, argumentative sake. It was more so just to kind of. Uh, um, just to you know, learn a little bit more about each other and and and, and give them a, a better glimpse of of who I am as a person and uh, um, and I don't I don't really have any ill uh, will towards anybody or any bad intentions towards anything. I was just thinking differently than they were. And one of the things that I would say a lot because uh, my grandmother anything that was outside of uh, her purview of of I guess morality. Uh, she would just call it evil. Everything was evil. My skateboarding, <laughs> my skateboarding was evil. My, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You ever see SpongeBob? <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. Mermaid uh, Man and Barnacle Boy. Evil. Evil. <laughs> Sorry. No, big, big SpongeBob uh, head. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, 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 uh, uh, skateboarding to them was evil. The, the music that I listened to was evil. The, um, uh, and then eventually I started getting tattoos and of course that was e evil for them. And, you know, and over the years I, I would literally, uh, uh, ask my grandmother to listen to my, my, uh, my reasoning behind my evil. Like, why do I do these things? You know, and, and like mm -hmm. skateboarding is a sport for me. Tattoos is very, it's an artistic, uh, expression. Mm -hmm. Uh, the music I listen to, sure. You don't understand it, but I can maybe explain to you why I like it. And, and and also same thing with like my my views towards life, my views towards uh, uh, religion and, and other things like that, and so um, and politically as well. And uh, but I we wouldn't we would never get there. So you know, I, I uh, after years of I, saying this, like listen to my evil thing, it never really never really got anywhere. And then when I saw the writing, here's some evil. That was the uh, uh, that was the beginning of of this all. I um I, I loved the, the just the the three simple words put together. I love the phrasing. Um, and then eventually, when I decided to make a podcast, I uh, uh, and I was thinking of a title. Uh, I knew somewhat of, of of the direction I wanted the podcast to go in. Um, number one was going to be some uh, some sort of storytelling uh, format. Um, I loved uh, I love telling stories. I love listening to the stories um, and. Um, and so that was going to be, uh, I guess, the, the first direction. The second direction was, you know, um, um, over the last few years, um, just from because of social media and the political landscape that that's been um, um, kind of just permeating throughout the entire world. Um, I, uh, I, you know, I, I, I'm educated. I, I, you know, I, I try to uh, and educate myself with a lot of things that are going on um uh just you know across this country across the world but i i admit that i i there's a lot of it that i don't know there's probably 90 percent of things that i don't know and so i i was hoping to get people on the podcast and talk about things uh that i might not be um uh you know that familiar with and and on and you know it could be thing it could be topics that i i don't either support or other people don't support or they might be controversial or um, uh, or not, you know, so, um, I, I just, I like the spectrum of just everything. And so, um, because of my love for storytelling, for, for debates, uh, and the name of itself, I, I eventually decided to call it here's some evil. Oh. So can I, can I ask where, 
where you grew up at, like just general part of the country. Sure. Grew up yeah, I um I grew up in the D.C. area. I was born in Washington, oh. D.C. Um, I lived uh, after I was born. Uh, uh, we lived in D.C. <clears throat> for about four years, just before my uh, my brother was born. Um, we moved to uh, Northern Virginia, which is just about right. 10, 15, 20 minutes outside of D.C. area. Mm -hmm. um, and then I grew up all the way through all the way through high school in Northern Virginia. Um, first mm -hmm. in the city of Arlington, and then I went to high school in Alexandria. Um, and then, yeah, then I went to college, then I went to grad school, and that's uh, that's it. Interesting. I, I, I wouldn't have thought uh, there was many Baptists in the D.C., Virginia area, my thought. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. No, 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 you're actually right. My, my parents are Brazilian, so um, uh, my parents are Brazilian immigrants, um, mm -hmm. and they come from a very small town in Brazil. And so... Uh, uh, mm. Catholicism, Christianity reigned supreme in most of Latin America. Um, right, because so, it had all the people coming there converting everybody. Yeah, yeah. There exactly. was, so I, I guess that's a holdover then from uh, the missionary days, because I, I know there's still a lot of missionaries that go into you know other parts of the world, but that was like heavily hit. Yeah. <laughs> missionary oh, yeah. stuff for, for that part of the world, I mean. Okay. Well, then that yeah. makes some sense, I guess, because I know that that was, uh, uh, I, as soon as you said DC, I was all puzzled because I'm like, you know, here's some evil should play really well in DC is my thought. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> it, it's funny you say that it's because, you know, I, uh, uh, I, I, I attribute a lot, um, of my kind of worldviews now to, to where I grew up because, um, I, you know, the DC area is such a melting pot of a, of mm -hmm. a plate. And so yeah. you're, you're you're interacting with with folks, um, really from uh, from around the world, and 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 going back to the variability of uh, of, of viewpoints. I, I I was privy to that uh, my entire life, so I was always kind of uh, had a chance to 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 kind of look out the window and 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 spectate quite cl closely to to people who grew up differently than me. So, do you still get along with your family, even though you're? you kind of uh, not followed in the footsteps of their religious uh, ideas there? Um, so great question. Um, so my, uh, uh, my, uh, my dad and I, we, we don't, we don't have a good relationship for, for separate reasons. Um, but uh, I'm happy to go into it, but that, that's not uh, to answer your question to, to your, your current question. Um, <laughs> my mom, my, my, Mom and I, my mom's relationship uh, 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 with me is a lot better now. Um, it took a lot of years of basically convincing my mom that I'm not, you know, because I like these certain things, I'm not a gangbanger or anything like that, you know. Um, she didn't believe you? She, she's that, like, oh, yeah. of course yeah, no. you have a tattoo, so therefore you're in a bad element. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you know, th there was uh, – um, for a long time uh, – I, I kept getting tattoos. I, it's the thing that I'm, I'm truly passionate about. I'm, 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 I, you can't see it now, but I'm, I'm, I've got a lot. And, um, and one night when, when my mom found out that I was getting it, it was a lot of years of, of, um, the, the communication was not great for a long time. And then eventually when it got out to my extended family, my mom is one of uh, eight and, um, and there's 22 grandchildren on, um, on my mom's wow. side. 
Yeah. Oh, and so when it when it broke out to the family, uh, things got a little bit worse because like, like I when I say black sheep, I mean, truly, truly black sheep. Uh, I um, my entire you say family, mom, you know, tattoos don't cost as much as children. Just so you know. <laughs> that is true. Um, <laughs> so, so I um, uh, for several years, it wasn't so great just because. Um, uh, especially cause I, li I live in America and they all still live in Brazil, except I mean, my parents are here, but the rest of my mm -hmm. family's still there. Um, and so, so, so your was, first generation then, so your parents came, came yeah. up, uh, uh, for lack of a better word, immigrants to the United States and, and yeah. established themselves and you were born in the United States. So you're a first generation person then for, oh, yeah. uh, being a citizen. That's interesting. Cause that, I mean, I'm sure it happens more than we think, but we don't think of that uh, nowadays as much as, you know, um, last century, uh, you know, pre-50s uh, or something. It was 1950s would be more where you people think about that aspect of things. Um, so that's that's fascinating, though. Um, can I ask what your parents uh, do or did? Um sure. What, what brought them to the United States or was it work yeah, I or mean, just because they wanted to come or? Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's all uh, uh, under the umbrella of a better conversation or a better, um, uh, yeah, a better popped up a thing and threw it through you. For a better life. Um, um, my, my mom grew up on a farm her entire life before, until she moved to, to, to the States. Um, and you know, with, with that many kids, you're, you're put to work uh, immediately. Mm. And, sure. um, yeah. And so, um, it wasn't until, uh, they moved out of the, out of the farm that they, they got a chance to like live in the city and, uh, but they still, you know, they, they got a chance to attend school, but, um, they were working, uh, um, at the very young age and, and, you know, my grandparents on my mom's side aren't, uh, uh, were never wealthy. It was always, you know, paycheck to paycheck, especially trying to feed, you know, eight different children. Um, so everything was always very, very tight. Um, and so, yeah, so my mom, uh, at, I believe at either 24 or 25, um, decided, uh, originally decided to come here for a few, for, for a few years, um, mm -hmm. just to make some money. <clears throat> and then, um, and then she eventually met my, the funny thing is my, my, my parents met here in America. Um, oh, yeah, okay. my parents okay. met in America, but they're from the same hometown which is funny. <laughs> that's bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. How, who, who to thunk, right? I mean, that's, well, that's one of those did. stories, right? Yeah. <laughs> it gets even crazier than that. My, um, my entire childhood, my, my parents, parents. So my both sets of my grandparents lived across the street from each other. Oh, but that wasn't the case whenever, before they both came before up. Before they met. No, no, no. So by sheer Just, coincidence, they moved. Know. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, just before they got, uh, they got together. Um, yeah, my, my, both their parents ended up moving across the street from each other. They're a little diagonally, but still, I mean, it's, it's, it's still, it's yeah, within it's the same intents and purposes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then my dad, kind of the same thing. My dad, um, uh, uh, so in, in Brazil, uh, their, their scholarship program is, is, is much different than America. So if you want to go to college for free, um, you have to take a, 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 a really, really, really hard test. Mm -hmm. uh, and, um, and my, my dad actually grew up wealthy, but then, uh, my dad comes from a long line of alcoholics. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so 
My uh, his father uh, eventually gambled out, again, gambled away their entire their entire net worth. Um, and so he eventually had to become um, a school bus driver. And that was this whole thing. So uh, my my dad didn't didn't have any money for college. And so uh, he was like, if I don't get a scholarship, I won't, I'm not going to go to college. Yeah. So my dad ended up trying really, really hard to get free schooling. And then uh, when he couldn't, um, he didn't. Uh, he didn't want to go back to his hometown to, um, um, you know, to, to kind of start from square uh, one, like, uh, like my grandfather was. So, um, so yeah, he ended up getting, um, uh, he uh, had some internship within the government uh, as he was trying to pass his test. And then eventually when he, um, when he couldn't, uh, uh, like a lot of his friends um, at the same time, a lot of his friends were moving to America Mm-hmm. Um, and so because he had so many connections, um, he, uh, um, uh, he came as well. And then, uh, um, like, like a lot of immigrants, it's, it's a lot of trade work. So my dad has been working construction for like, man, uh, I mean, it's gotta be 30 some years now. Um, oh my. yeah. That's a tough uh, life. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, they, um, when they, when my parents got together, they started a small, uh, peanut, uh, like a roasted peanut uh, cart business um, that they had for, for quite some time. But my dad was still doing construction He's and he still does it today. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my mom uh, started a, a shoe shine business that she did for 20 years. Wow. So, that, I mean, that's hard. That's hard work. I mean, yeah. all of that is hard. I mean, you know, selling peanuts, you still got to be there to sell them. So, but the construction and shoe shining, much more, uh, um, you know, kind of a work that you really got to do. We're also, you know, we're lucky that we don't have to work quite as hard, you and I, let's just say, uh, as our parents did, um, because we uh, were fortunate enough to get education and you know, get these cushy jobs where you get to sit around and stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but no, that's wild. And, and um, yeah, construction is, uh, you know, it can be great and it can be horrible. Uh, unfortunately, there doesn't seem to be a lot of in between on some of those uh, situations, but yeah. Um, yeah. I learned, I learned early on that I didn't, I didn't want to go that down that path. Yeah. And, Pay you attention. Know, you'll know, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, just, you know, from my, from my, from my father's perspective uh, and his experience and, uh, and also it, it's for, when you're young, when you're in high school or in college, it's uh it's a great way to make, you know, quick and easy money. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh but you know, some summer days were just so hot, and and mm-hmm. when you're carrying a wheelbarrow around of, of bricks and cinder block and a bunch of other rubbish, well, and, just in the 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 wear on your body, because um, yeah. you know you can't say, oh, you know, my back hurts today. I don't think I'm going to be doing that. Yeah, Appar- unfortunately, people don't go for that too much uh, right. in the in the trade. Yeah. <laughs> they're like what then you're fired um but no that's pretty wild so i mean it's interesting so then you uh but you grew up here and then um uh so you kind of diverged a little bit from from the uh uh, your parents uh upbringing with the religion being kind of more of a center point Mm -hmm. uh what do you have any kind of religious uh uh you know 
thoughts or I mean, do you identify in any way religiously um, yourself or is it, you know, where are you at on that? Yeah, I, I mean, my best description is that I'm, I'm agnostic. Um, I, I, I would never ever call myself an atheist just because I'm I'm completely unsure. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I in a weird way, I, I I do believe in some sort of higher power. I just I, I, I have a hard time calling it a God. Um, I mean, I think if there if there's a God, I would say I mean, my thoughts are it's the universe itself um, as the creator of life. I I don't know. It's I, 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 I don't that's that's the extent of my belief. Um, I'm not very spiritual. You don't, you don't subscribe to the panspermia uh, thoughts uh, where we were seated by something or some someone or something. <sighs> No, I'm yeah, just asking. No, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not pushing that agenda. Just asking. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Please ask. I you, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm quite an open book, so you feel free to ask anything. I, uh, um, I, yeah, I, I, um, I don't know. The, my, 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 I always, I, my, my uh, belief for a long time has. Uh, I, I've always called Earth and the universe and everything that surrounds it uh, and everything in between as, as a beautiful coincidence. Um, um. Um, so that's always been my viewpoint. I, I, um, regardless of, of the tiny, um, the tiny bit of physics, you know, physics that it takes for things to work out, um, to work out right. That, that has some people that are more on the spiritual side, believe that, that this is just a happy accident. Um, I fall on the, under the thing, under the, under the vein that it's just, uh, it's this wonderful coincidence. The fact that, you know, the earth has to be a certain distance from, from the sun and mm-hmm. other planets and all these other things. And, and I have a hard time believing that there was, there was anything else to, 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 to really manipulate. It helped, it, helped along. Yeah. yeah, I yeah, think yeah. The, the interesting thing for me is to know that it used to be, they'd say, uh, and when I say they, I mean the, the literature and so forth. Mm. Um, uh, so would say yeah, certain distance so forth, and they're like you know. So it's unlikely that life is present elsewhere. And then now they're like, well, there is all these M class, which would be like us planets out in the world that we found a bunch of M class planets. So life is not quite as <laughs> quite as uh, unique as we thought it was, you know, thirty years ago. Yeah, and and, and these conditions happen again and again um as we've been observing the universe and so then now you know that really shifts the the thought process from you know unlikelihood to uh more likelihood and so then we're not so special um which is interesting because i mean that's really only been over the like i said i think the last 30 or 40 years um you know when um uh Clinton was president and they announced that they found something on Mars uh, that was, you know, microscopic uh, life. Um, You know, that was like, oh, my gosh. And then now I think we've gotten to the point where they're like, yeah, there's lots of there's lots of places out there that could be full of life. We're not close enough to see it. Right. um, But it could happen. And so that's a pretty big shift over the last um, few decades. Yeah, but oh, yeah. Um, sorry to get off on that tangent. But no, please. Back to my, so you don't identify as a Baptist, basically today. No, right? no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you, yeah. you just, you know, I'm my own person, and I have my own thoughts. Yeah, 
yeah. kind of a situation. I just was curious because, you know, that is a, um, and I, I'm guessing you're, uh, you said you had a brother at least, that your siblings um, still identify or are they more like? No, no. My, my, my brother is even further away from, from spiritual oh. religion <laughs> than I am. Yeah. Oh, wait, um, he's, he's do some evil. I should have looked up his show. <laughs> Forgot. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, um, yeah. I, I, if anything, like he's kind of like a self-proclaimed full-blown atheist, doesn't believe in, you know, they're wow, afraid. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, well, why do you think, so do you think that, and I'm sorry to harp on this because this nope, I don't have any I don't have any preconceived notion when we come to talk. That's the whole idea <laughs> for me is just to see where it takes us. And if you don't want to go sure. down a road, you just certainly no, no, just no, tell no. me no. But um, do you think that there's um, the reason behind that was that were your parents overbearing with the religious aspect of things? Did they force you into doing things in the name of the religion? Yeah, yeah. So. Um, we were, uh, um, I, I mean, for, for, for a lack of a better word forces, well, force is honestly kind of the best, uh, way to describe it because, um, uh, it was church every single Sunday. Um, and then eventually, uh, we, for, for, for a short period, it was twice a week. And, uh, and then when I, when I got into middle around middle school, um, when I started, when I. Kind of started noticing that i was having different um viewpoints or at least i was being curious about certain things um i was i was always a very inquisitive kid i i you know i i was one of those stereotypical kids that asked that would annoyingly ask why a ton a million times a two <laughs> yeah why? why exactly everything everything for me was why and why um, did abraham kill his son <laughs> and then so well honestly so when I would, when I got to, when I got to, um, uh, middle school, I remember, uh, I was in uh, Sunday school. Um, I was in sixth grade and, uh, um, and I, I, I don't remember the, the full, uh, uh, contents of the, of the reading that they were saying, but I do remember them talking about uh, how the earth is 6,000 years old and these things like that. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I was a relatively studious kid and, and, you know, I was studying, science and, and, and then I was reading a ton of books. And so here I am. Um, so I raised my hand and I, you know, I'm just like, well, you know, from, from the things that I've read and I'm not even, so this wasn't even, uh, um, for me to provoke anything. I was just like, Hey, so, you know, this is their explanation in school. This is your explanation in school. Just give me a reason why you think differently than them. Um, and I was, uh, I was reprimanded, uh, immediately. And then by the time I got home, I was reprimanded even, even, you know, even more. And, uh, uh, and I never understood it was, uh, why I was being reprimanded for asking questions that, that didn't seem, uh, um, that bad. And, um, um, so that happened for years. And then I, I looked into it even more. I started, I actually started reading the Bible more to see if I'm missing something. And it just didn't register with me, uh, a lot of the things that they were espousing. And, um, um, but the problem is the more and more I started to ask questions and go uh, and, and, and have second thoughts about the faith, the more that it was forced on me. And, mm-hmm. uh, and um, yeah, so, so uh, I mean, it got to a point where I'm in high school and I'm, it's like freshman, sophomore year. Um, I, I think like most kids, but I, I just became very, very rebellious and, um, and I was getting in a lot of trouble um, because I, I just wasn't getting along with my parents. And then, uh, 
and then yeah, so I um I, I basically uh uh um moved away from it from a, from an early age, but just I was but I was still so I I I felt like I didn't believe any of any of it by the time I was 15, and then there was two more years of me being forced to to go to go to church, um and um and so by the time I was 18, I I I. Yeah. It was way to turn 18 just so I didn't have to go to church anymore. Right. Yeah. So then you're like, Hey, no, I've had enough of this. Yeah. The, yeah. The interesting thing though, is, is you mentioned earlier, like stories and, and, you know, not that I'm a theologian or anything, but, uh, um, that's what the Bible is, right? It's stories, story right. upon story upon story. And, um, the funny thing is some of those are, are, you know, contradictive, Right. Um, <laughs> stories. And so, um, and I think, I suppose the interesting thing to me is that some religions take them as, um, well, gospel, as they say. Sure. Um, and some of them take them as uh, allegories or stories to kind of guide you and direct you in ways that are better uh, overall for you as a person. But they know that they're not necessarily, you know, they're they're not necessarily word for word true. Um, where do you fall? Uh, I mean, so you've had experience where you've been close to it and far away from it in a way. Where do you fall in that uh, category? Where would you say, uh, from what you've you know experienced and so forth, where, where's your mind on that subject? You mean like in terms of the things that are written in the Bible? Yeah, like, are they? Do you think they're, you know, hundred percent hard facts, or do you think they're, you know, crafted uh, items to guide you in certain directions? Um, I think it's all of the above, honestly. Um, so, um, I think there is a lot of good in religion. Um, I think there's a lot of things that are that are good that came out of religion, especially uh, thousands and thousands of years ago. Um, Establishing some sort of doctrine to basically just get people on the right path, I think, is a fantastic idea, right? A discussion of morality, um, what's right and wrong, right? You know, as as you're trying to democratize uh, civilization, as you're trying to make sure that things are aren't just just chaos on a constant basis. Mm -hmm. um, um, I think it's, I think I honestly, uh, in that regard, um, I think it's good, right? Talking about the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not this and thou shalt not that. Um, I think those are good things, right? Making sure that uh, that there's repercussions for murder and and theft and adultery and blah blah blah, right? So, yeah. um, um, I think all of those, uh, um, I I'd support that in that regard, and I so I think that uh, um, there's part of the Bible that makes sure it's that people are on the right track for those certain things, right? So, um, um, so as far as you know, not necessarily fact, but as, but as far as um, uh, the certain parts of the Bible uh, um, being a reflection of morality, you know, albeit subjective, but, but I think there's certain things and that we can consider as somewhat objectively uh, immoral, right? Like murder and, and whatnot. But, um, um, but I guess in, even in some societies that might not even be the case, but, but anyway, so, <laughs> so, um, um, I, so yeah, so I think that there's uh, uh, uh uh, things like that, it, it it makes sense to me as to its existence. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, on the on the contrary, uh, somebody uh, mentioned this to me years and years ago, and I thought it was such an interesting concept. Where 
Uh, to expand on the idea of like morality, right? So of course they didn't just talk about murder, right? They they uh, they, they talked about the the clothing that you wear and certain you know if you if you uh, uh, wear two separate uh, pieces of clothing, that's considered uh, wrong in the in, in the Bible, and so it has to be one single cloth or something like that, right? So there's actually a great book that talks. Have you ever uh, heard or read um, the Year of Living Biblically? No, it's, I've never. I've never. I've never come across it. Yeah, so it's by an author named his name's AJ Jacobs, and he, I, think he I would probably not do very well myself living biblically. <laughs> well, that's the thing, though. The the point of the book is is that no one, uh, according to the Bible, could uh, uh, completely live biblically. There's, um, I mean, there's still things. I think it's it's kind of funny that uh, there's never really been a revision on the Bible. They're like, you know what, maybe maybe we should take this out. It's just like, nah, let's leave it in there and 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 not <laughs> for interpretation, right? So right, yeah, we don't need to update the bylaws. Come on, folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so so this guy AJ Jacobs, he he uh, uh, he literally spends an entire year um, 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 living by the Bible uh, as as almost as exact as he possibly can. And and the Bible talks about the, the the your hair talks about your clothing and talks about uh, certain things as far as your relationship with your partner you know obviously man and woman um, but um, um, and so he was living in that manner and um, um, uh, so there's these stories about this these these things that people need to do um, and so years ago someone explained to me that that you know this was developed so long ago um, uh, that uh, uh, before it was even written down that it was essentially just a giant game of telephone and so mm -hmm. the version that we have now might not might not even be the version that was originally discussed yeah. back then and so um so yeah even that like i you know i, I studied psychology I'm a, I'm a i'm a big fan of of psychology and and people and and the and you know the variability of people and and so you know just by base having a basic understanding of of how how uh um uh flawed people are that that it seems almost impossible that this that this tradition would be perfect from the beginning up until the end as far as the transfer of information. Mm -hmm. um, um, so so yeah, I, I I think a lot of it is just uh, um, is it's it's hard for me to kind of wrap my mind around it because uh, nowadays it's 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 meant for just it's just up for interpretation. You know, a lot mm -hmm. of the a lot of these things. So. Um, you know, that's why I don't agree with a lot of it. I think that uh, um, you can't just simply take scripture and say that, oh, don't don't listen to it at face value. It's up for interpretation. I was like, well, <laughs> why don't we why don't why don't you interpret it and then make another book or something like that? I don't know. I, mm -hmm. I, I um, so, yeah, so I, I I I I think a lot of the Bible um, is just, uh, you know. So do you think there's something um something over the last, you know, let's just say the last couple hundred years, that would be, so, so we've, we've kind of talked about this, just reiterating a little bit. Yeah. So we, we look at, we've just talked about religion being a good guide for people to have uh, a moral center, let's say, and uh, so forth, but it's obviously antiquated. Sure. Um, is there something that's been written in the last few hundred years that could, could be the same kind of situation, but more contemporary um, for people like that. That is, 
I don't, I, I don't have any idea. That's why I'm throwing it out there. But you know, like some, some self-help books and so forth are uh, get very popular and maybe there that's something, but do you think yeah. there's something that, that is in the uh, literature now over the last couple hundred years that would be more contemporary that could, could give people that same, uh, same kind of moral center? Well, okay. So um, as far as the literature goes, so b- before you, you, you finish the question, the first thing that came to mind was, was, was uh, simply just uh, governmental laws. Um, obviously that's not uh, a, a basis for morality, but uh, I guess maybe in a way, but, um, uh, but now we, 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 we've evolved to the point where we are, where, and this is my opinion, but uh, we evolved to a, to a point where, um, you know, that's why we have the, the whole separation of church and state. Now we, we, we have a separate, a separate set of rules that are, you know, that are governed, um, um, by these political officials and, um, and it's, it's, it's etched in stone in a way. I mean, obviously it can, it can be changed, but, right. um, I, I, yeah, um, we, I just feel like because we have laws, I mean, laws will ch- also change over time, but we have set laws now that, that, that we abide by. And so it, we know that if you were to, you know, murder somebody, right. That's, mm-hmm. that we, we know the consequences based on our judicial, judicial system. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, but as far as like a guidance for morality, I, I don't know. I think, um, um, uh, there, there's not, there's no one specific thing that I think about. Um, I, I, I think that, um, uh, really anything related to, to either psychology or social sociology or social psychology, um, is a really great, uh, just, uh, look into people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, uh, I wish that more people, especially like, I think I kind of alluded to this earlier, but <clears throat> with the, with the, and I've used probably very uh, variability of six or seven time now, but but the, with the variability of people, um, um, people forget that that you know not everybody is the same in, in 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 their city or country or across the world, and and I feel like we tend to forget that, and so um, um, oh, by yeah, easy to forget that. <laughs> yeah, really easy to forget. I I I've done a little bit of traveling. Um, I uh, in the last two years, I lived I've lived in nine cities, and um, and I got I got I really got a chance to meet different cities across the United States. And, um, can you name them off? Can you tell us which one or you don't want to tell us which one? I'd love to. Um, I was in uh, Memphis, Tennessee, uh, Savannah, Georgia, New Orleans, uh, New York, um, uh, Boca Raton, Florida, uh, Virginia beach, Virginia, uh, bend, Oregon, uh, Los Angeles, uh, and San Francisco. Oh, wow. That's a quite a, that's a good list. I mean, it seems very coastal. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I uh, other than Memphis, I needed some. I needed yeah. some oceans. Yeah, well, well, there's a river down there. That's true. Yeah, that is true. Um, <laughs> yeah, Memphis and Bend uh, and Bend, Oregon, were the only places that didn't have uh, um, ocean access. Yeah, ocean access. But uh, so in Memphis, I was there visit. You know, visiting. Well, all, most cities, I was visiting friends. But at least uh, Memphis had one of my best friends. And I and I love you know just kind of like the the history and culture behind um behind Memphis, and also I was snowboarding a ton when I was in Oregon. So yeah, yeah. oh wow. So did you find um so were you 
was it job related? Was it just, I want to move to these places or just like, Hey, I'm coming out for a, about two months. I'm staying with you. Is that all right? <laughs> no, no. So it wasn't job related. It was just for fun. I, um, uh, I've been remote since the pandemic started. And oh, so, okay. yeah, I, uh, um, so I'm lucky in that regard. And then, um, when my lease was coming up in DC, uh, it was in, two, you know, 2021 and, um, and I, I'd spent my entire life here. Um, and, um, and I, and I was just like, Hey, let me, let me try something else. So originally I was gonna, I was, uh, I, Memphis was the first city that I went to and I called my buddy up and, and, uh, and then, no, I didn't stay with any friends because I knew I was going to stay long-term. So mm -hmm. all these different cities. Um, so, um, everywhere, but LA, well, no, I guess in LA, I stayed in Airbnb too. Um, so all the other cities, except LA and San Francisco, I stayed in Airbnbs. Oh, um, really? So you yeah. use, you basically use them as like rent in yeah. a way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like a long-term situation. Yeah. Uh, uh, during the pandemic, Airbnb um, um, knocked off 30% off of uh, any stay long, longer than, longer than a month, longer than 30 days. Really? Oh, yeah. how interesting. Yeah. 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 So they That's really, the, 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 the digital nomad. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, wow. So, uh, are you, um, are you renting right? Are you doing the Airbnb right now? No, or? no, no. So my last city, I actually just moved back home. Um, my, I, I just moved back from San Francisco. I was in San Francisco for a year and I had an apartment there. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, uh, so yeah, so LA, I, I, I stayed at a friend's house who wasn't at the house. So I stayed at his place, uh, for, uh, five months, um, while he was gone. And because he was actually doing the same thing, we uh, so he was in a different city, and then I went to his place. And, oh, okay, wild. Yeah. Um, and so, fascinating. yeah, yeah. So it was really cool. So in LA, I stayed at his place, but then I, when he got back, I got an Airbnb in Venice, and mm -hmm. then in San Francisco, I got uh, an act like I got, I got a, an apartment with a lease, and I stayed there for a year. Oh, okay. um, and then I just moved back home um, to Northern Virginia, and I have an apartment here in Alexandria. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's why I, I, that is, I, you know, I'm not, uh, um, that sounds fun to do. Uh, I'm not in a position to do that myself, but it sounds like it would be really fun, um, to do that. And I mean, it, you, you say it and it, in my head, it just snapped. It's like, of course, why yeah. not? Yeah. But whenever you, before you said it, I'm like, you know, where's this going? And, um, but no, after you said that, I'm like, of course, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you, couldn't you do that Yeah. at this point? Um, and, and, and now into the future, um, why couldn't you do that? Why wouldn't more people do that? I've, I've thought about that, um, kind of, uh, you know, dreaming kind of a situation, but, uh, actually you've made it uh, much more solid in my mind now. So, Hey, <laughs> you know, I, I'm assuming you're not married or have children or anything, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, so it makes it a little, a little tougher on the, you know, when I got my eight kids here, Emerson, no, I'm joking, but I was, uh, <laughs> I was call back to your parents. Uh, having, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, that's fascinating. So you would go and live in. So which one of those places would you say was your if you had to rank them? It, it doesn't matter what the. um criteria would be whatever criteria you want to say what's your favorite one and why yeah um I, new orleans was my favorite um i uh I, so being from the dc area um i've always 
I've always loved being around uh, different people. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love learning about where people come from. I love learning about the foods that they eat. I love learning about the things that they talk about or the music that they listen to. Um, I've always had just pr- this profound interest in, and really anybody that's different than me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so New Orleans had the most culture out of any other city that I've, that I've ever been to. Um, and, um, cause even like, even though DC is a melting pot, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a mixture of culture, right? So mm-hmm. you're only getting uh, a certain percentages of, of, of culture. You're not getting full blown, uh, culture like, like New Orleans is where it's, it's, I mean, it, 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 it permeates the entire city. This, this beautiful, uh, uh, uh you know, that the, 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 the Cajun culture is, is, it's unbelievable. And it's like, it's not, a small pocket of the city. It's the entire city. You know, everybody fall, everybody up there is obsessed with the music. Everybody there is obsessed with their food. Everybody knows how to cook the food. Um, and, uh, and, and they know all the best jazz clubs and the best places to, to hear music. And, um, it was, it was just, it's the most, it's the most lively city that I've, it's the liveliest city that I've ever been in. Um, and, um, and the people there are incredibly friendly. They're incredibly affable. Um, and uh, uh, I've been to other cities before where you um, – uh, so San Francisco is, is the complete opposite. I loved it. It's beautiful. It's, it's, it's very aesthetically pleasing. Um, but I, I – you know, people from San Francisco might not take too kindly to this. But I, it, <laughs> it, uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't as friendly as I was hoping it to be. And I don't mean that yeah. people were rude. I don't mean that people were, were, were uh, being territorial. Uh, um, but I'm, I'm a very – you know, just, I want to make friends with everybody, uh, because I wrote work remote. I, 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 in all these different cities that I went to, I would go to different coffee shops and I would introduce myself to people and just, and just to make friends and, and, mm-hmm. or, or, or just to uh, make a friend for a day, even if we never talk again, you know, I, I, I truly love doing that. And when I was in new Orleans, I mean, I, uh, uh, it was really, if I, if I didn't already have plans and, and, and booked an Airbnb to the next city and, and flights and, Mm-hmm. Um, I would have stayed in New Orleans much longer because, uh, by the, t- by the time I left, uh, I, I mean, I, the, the amount of people that I met, the amount of friends that I accumulated was, was, it was profound. Um, Wild. So, that's interesting. Yeah. That's, that's such a great, um, uh, you paint such a good picture of, of that, uh, kind of, uh, lifestyle. Cause I think sometimes if, if you say that, people would think, well, weren't you lonely because you didn't know anybody or, you know, what happens if, you know, would you have any support system? You know, like you're a psychology person. So support systems are a big thing. Right. So, uh, and so whenever you're doing something like that, your, your support system would be, uh, in Virginia, um, family support system mostly, uh, and people you grew up with and you know, for, for years, whereas now you're in a place that you don't know, possibly only know a few people, and um, are are mostly surrounded by, uh, in your vernacular, potential friends, but not friends right away. So that's interesting. Yeah, so I, you, I guess you didn't find any. You didn't find any of that overwhelming, apparently. Obviously. No, I I uh, I'll. I'm really fortunate in in a specific way. I don't think I'll ever be lonely. I I think it's I, I'm I. I get cabin fever too easily in my apartment. Even working working from home for me is tough. 
um, mm-hmm. because I'm not interacting with anybody um, not, that that it's not virtually. But right. obviously, it, it's afforded me the 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 opportunity to to do the traveling and and be become a digital nomad. But um, I no, you know, going to a city and not know anybody, it's 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 not a burden to me at all. I'll I'll, I'll go to a coffee shop. I'll eventually make friends. Um, and uh, um, I've I've never had an issue with not necessarily making friends, but approaching people. Um, so have you had, can I ask, have you had any negative encounters? I oh mean, yeah, yeah. yeah, Oh yeah. San Francisco, San Francisco was riddled with negative encounters. Um, I mean, were, were people, you know, trying to take advantage of your friendliness or. Oh, oh, in that regard? No, no, that's a, that's a really good question. Actually. I think I got really lucky with, uh, with a lot of people that I met. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, I would say that, you know, Regardless of my me being friendly, I, I think that there there is somewhat of a subconscious kind of vetting process. Mm-hmm. Um, I still pay attention to who that person's are and who their character is, and and um, you know if if I'm getting not the greatest vibes, I'm not going to just go over to someone's house or mm-hmm. you know if any I, I, like and I, I won't invite anybody back to my Airbnb either. You know where I'm living. Uh, if anything, as I'm meeting people, I'm like, hey, let's grab a drink or let's grab a coffee or. Um, you know, if, uh, if anyone's inviting me to some house party, I'll even, uh, drive by and check it out and see if there's multiple people coming oh, in. That's a good question. So, you, so as far as a car though, when you're, did you travel by car to all these places? Is that the idea? I flew, I flew everywhere. Um, and, uh, in some places when I was living in LA, I rented a car. Um, yeah. and you then have a car in LA. Gotta have goodness. A car. Yeah. What else are you going to do all day other than sit in traffic? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, I Airbnb or not Airbnb. I Ubered or took a lift everywhere um, for the mm-hmm. most part. I also traveled around with my longboard. So places like Memphis and Savannah, I was able to, able to get around with my longboard. Um, but also, I don't, I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, Turo T U R O. Oh yeah, you can rent a car. Yeah, yeah. It's it's better than any rental car service that I've ever ex- had experience with. And uh, that's where people people basically rent their their cars out to you. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and it's significantly cheaper than enterprise or anything else. So, wow, um, okay, yeah. Man, these I, are all, now you should you should be talking about some of this stuff, uh, you tips and things for you know <laughs> idiot people who can't figure it out like me. See? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I should. I, I'd love to. Um, I, yeah, I, I highly recommend it. Um, so it's really easy. I, I rented a car in, in LA for um, for an entire month for five hundred bucks. That yeah. is, that's what kind of car was it? <laughs> oh, it's like, it was, it was like a 1994 Impala, but the thing is, Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, um, um, uh, it, it was a little run down, but the funny thing is it's, 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 you're not liable. If the car has mechanical issues beforehand, mm-hmm. um, if you get into an accident, obviously, um, if it's your fault because that, that you cause an accident, obviously you're liable for it. Right. But if, um, if, if, through Turo, if the car were to break down because of the car's fault, mm-hmm. uh, they they it's under their insurance, you know. So oh, okay. Uh, so then, do you do you have to have insurance of your you have insurance of your own in case of uh, accident? But uh, yeah, so I have um, my my credit card provides uh, auto insurance. Oh, okay. Um, so when you made the when you made the rental insurance was included with the rental at that point yeah yeah yeah. so my so any rental uh that i that i once once i put it on my credit card it's automatically applied this is this is fascinating emerson you're you're living uh, and i have no clue how old you are so i'm not even gonna 
you don't tell me because you'll just make me somewhat depressed. So <laughs> I'm happy to tell you, but <laughs> but uh, but I mean, this is so fascinating that um, now. Do you think that your obviously you said DC and so forth, but do you think as we talked about your family before, do you think this kind of, uh, for lack of a better term, wanderlust that you have, <laughs> uh, was a factor from that. So you're, because you kind of were pushed away a little bit, I guess, yeah. from your family, is that influenced this or you think this is just, this would have happened no matter what for you? Um, so I, um, because I, I, I grew, I grew up in, um, and not the not so ideal, uh, home environment. Um, mm. I, I relied speaking of support, I, I relied heavily on my friends for, yeah. for just any type of companionship for emotional support for, for friendship. And, um, and, 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 and a lot of the friends that I had, uh, in middle school and high school, we, a lot of us grew up actually relatively the same. I think it's one of the reasons that we connected, especially a lot of my friends, like in the skate community, in the skateboard community. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, just having either abusive parents or alcoholic parents or, um, or just neglectful parents or parents, whatever, it's just all somewhat fit in the same category. And, um, and so there was, I, there, I have found a lot of solace in my friendships and, uh, and I, and I actually, uh, viewed, uh, my friends, at, way more as family than my own family. And mm-hmm. so as I grew older, um, I, I became, a, you know, having friends kind of helped me get through my childhood. And then, and then eventually I became an adult and, um, um, I was no longer a part of that environment anymore. I went off to college. Mm-hmm. I had an amazing time in college and then I went to grad school. And then, so my, my, after that was, everything was incredible. And then, um, I, uh, I, I guess I, I, I maintained that obsession with making friends. Um, and, uh, and it just kind of, uh, extrapolated over the years. Um, and so I, uh, yeah, I think, I think that's, you know, and, and, and you know, to, to, to credit my parents a little bit, my, my, uh, with their cur- courage to, to uproot their entire lives yeah. and, and move to a different country without really any, any, uh, any basis or, right. you know, no safety net or anything, right. No safety net, no knowledge of the English language, no, uh, uh, nothing at all. I mean, with just a few bucks in their pockets and then, you know, kind of hope for the best kind of thing. So um, do, you, do you speak, uh, Brazil is it Portuguese? Yeah. Yeah. I speak fluently. Oh yeah. Cool. Yeah. Do you use that in your work at all? No, no, no. I, I, I don't now, but I have before I I used to, I worked for, I briefly worked for a Brazilian company. Oh, okay. I I just, because usually bilingual people, um, tend to, you know, kind of gravitate toward bilingual jobs because you have a inherent skill that other people don't have. Um, and it's, you know, you didn't have to go get it. You know what I mean? It happened. Yeah. uh, Yeah. For you. That's fascinating. So then um, uh, you talked about uh, your friends' support. So I wanted to ask you a question about, so you said alcoholism, right? So mm-hmm. you, so, and also you have a psychology background. So you know that there is genetics uh, mm-hmm. in alcoholism. So how do you uh, personally uh, feel about that? And how do you deal with it yourself? Because, you know, um, you could be affected. Yeah. Um, so this is something that I've thought about, I mean, probably for, for, for 20 years, the last 20 years of my life. Um, 
I, uh, I started drinking at a very, very young age. Um, and, um, and not, and, and part of it wasn't even, uh, being totally rebellious. I, uh, I would just, my dad would just take like a lot of his friends would just take their kids out with them and, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and then everybody would just be drinking. And so my friends and I were just kind of like, Hey, why not try it? You know, like they're trying it, mm-hmm. uh, kind of thing. Um, it wasn't until I was 15 where I realized the severity of my, my, let me just, yeah. uh, uh, jump in. So your, your drinking with your parents was not a cultural drinking. It was, an excess drinking even at that point is what you're saying yeah yeah yeah. like for instance in different cultures drinking for children is fine but it's not um it's a cultural thing right so you would have wine with dinner or or something like that as opposed to something where you're you're drinking uh beyond uh what we would you know call cult i would call culturally at this point but um and so they're, they're drinking into excess while you're there as well. And you guys are kind of just joining in. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, um, so like I said, so I, I, when I was 15, um, that's kind of the first, the first time that I, that I, um, I guess, uh, just outwardly said it, um, or, or I guess had an inner monologue about it. But, um, um, so it was, I was always very, very aware, uh, of it, um, and I'll admit that that despite being aware of it at a, at a young age, because of kind of my friendliness with people, I, I do love to go out. I do love to have a drink with with my friends. And uh, and uh, college at some points was to excess, and then you know a few other times um, in my mid twenties. And um, and um, but I uh, uh, because I always in the back of my mind always had this 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 looming fear that I would eventually either become my father or his father. Um, I, um, I, I, I would try to check myself as much as I could. Um, if, uh, if I had too many drinks one weekend, you know, I would, I would spend several weekends after that, not, not having any drinks. Um, cause I, I, so I understand like you talked about the genetic predisposition. There's also a psychological basis of it. There's, you know, a, phys- a physiological, uh, basis for it. And, um, um, I, I tried to to make sure that um, there wasn't a dependency on all fronts, right? There's there's mm-hmm. no physical dependency, there's no psychological dependency, um, and uh, um, and I, 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 I there was a, a small checklist that I always had. If I ever had to, if I ever came home and uh, from work and I needed to have a drink um, uh, immediately, or I needed to get drunk immediately, then I knew that that was the, the start of a problem. Um, and, um, um, if I, so I, I've always avoided drinking during the week for, for the most part. Um, that's always been a a big one too. If if I, if I start drinking every day of the week, I think that that's a, um, that's a bit, a bit of a red flag. And obviously I'm not saying it for everybody. I'm just kind of speaking anecdotally here. Um, no, no. I mean, I have alcoholism in my family as well. And, but I've always been, um, aware of it, I guess. And the reason I, I just kind of, kind of fill out what your thoughts were, but, um, and, um, you know, knowing that there's this connection and it's, uh, you're always feeling like, it's almost like you're predisposed. If you had, were predisposed to some kind of disease, right. Yeah. You would be like, well, I got to watch out cause I don't want to get that disease and alcoholism right. in, 
in, you know, they call it a disease. I mean, it's not the same way as, as, uh, uh, as other things are, you know what I mean? But, um, but you can, I mean, you're, you're susceptible at that point. Or, or the thing is you're, you're potentially susceptible, right? They don't have, you don't have the, the, uh, um, the COVID test for alcoholism where you can spit on the thing and, uh, yeah. and, and it says, Hey, watch out. You're going to be an alcoholic and you don't test yourself. There's none of that yet. Right. Right. And right. so, so, but, it, but if you are exposed, you know, if you know at a young age that these things have happened in your family, then you have to be aware of that. And so you, you're right. You constantly got to check yourself because, that path, it will get back to the, the here's some evil area, that path, you can, you'll, you'll find that you're already down it before you even realize it happened. Right. right. And then you got to work your way back and it's a much harder road going back than it is going forward. And um, so anyway, that's why I was curious on uh, uh, yeah. what your and, thoughts were on that. So. Yeah. And Bob, to add, to, to add on to that, I, um, I, I'm actually aware of my um, of my relationship with addiction because I think that part of uh, you know I think where that uh, predisposition creeps out um, there there are certain moments in my life that that I feel like it has come out. So I I I started smoking cigarettes, and then I had to kick that. Um, I uh, I smoked weed for a long period of time, um, and uh, and I had to basically tell myself to, to, to figure out a way to do it in moderation. Um, and, uh, and so there's, there's moments in, in, in my life where I I've been caught up in some sort of, uh, addictive behavior. And I know that, that it, that it exists within me. Um, but I think that, uh, one thing that I've learned, um, and I, and going back to just like, you know, my, 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 my experiences with psychology is that, um, anybody with any type of addiction, it can be channeled in, in, in a different ways. And mm -hmm. so, I, um, I, 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 uh, along with skateboarding, I played soccer my entire life. I played soccer in college. Um, and, uh, so I, I've always channeled my, I guess, addiction towards something. And so, mm -hmm. um, I, uh, I, I've always been, you know, an avid reader. Um, I, uh, uh, I started getting really into, to, to comedy, uh, about a couple of years ago and, and started uh, reading all these comedy books, and then I tried stand up, and that's uh, the stand up ended up leading me uh, part of it, leading me to to the podcast because I just fell in love with with you know uh, uh, this this the, the comedic world. Um, but uh, uh, um, I uh, so having that having that mindset where I'm like, okay, I, I know that I have this problem, but how can I benefit from the problem? And so channeling it into uh, into a more positive. Uh, addiction but rather than a negative one has been super helpful too. I think it's, there's a certain irony that it seems like um, uh, alcoholism and fanatic religious uh, following seem to go hand in hand. Oddly enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, just, I don't know, just processing some things that I'm like, why isn't that kind of wild that, uh, you know, you have both of those things kind of walking together uh, a lot of times when you look at it a little closer. Yeah. Well, uh, Emerson, I, I love talking to you. I didn't want to keep you about an hour here. I didn't want to keep it too, too long. And, sure. and thank you for answering all my stupid questions and, and going That's through some things. Cool. And, and it, there's such, there's actually more things I wanted to ask you, but we will, I don't want to, 
I have to move on myself, but I'm sure you got other things to do as well. Sure. And um, but uh, thank you for for being here today, and thanks for sharing. And you know, all the best for you. And if you're ever in uh, St. Louis, uh, you certainly send me a note. Uh, I'm not going to let you drive my car or sleep in my house, but I'll be happy to go take you to lunch. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good, Bob. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate uh, being on your show. And um, um, yeah, this is a really fun time. I I have a really good, uh, uh, I really like talking to you. (laughs) Good deal. All right. Till next time, folks. Bye everyone.